Shuffle. Shuffle. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Kill Shuffle. Finally. It's been a minute. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm Donald. I'm Dill. And uh, our summer holidays are over. Somewhat. The weather is better in a, in, in a roundabout way. Yeah. For, for a brief week. We're having what, what we Irish call an Indian summer. Yes. I, yeah. I love that term. Which is when the terrible summer you've just had gives way to a slightly warmer September. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, we didn't, I'm not going to get into the weather. I was going to say, we had a decent enough summer. No, this um, is not the forecast part. Fo- yeah. Podcast. This is this is not the, the content that you uh, that you tune in for. What you do tune in for is album reviews, we assume, we hope, and I not hope. just our sexy tones. No. Um, and the albums this week are quite i would say high profile i think so. Uh, we are reviewing new releases from yes say it with me tool, tool. uh catharsis corn in infinity shred and we're also going to take a look back at soul coughings 1998 yeah. and final album uh el oso which i knew you guys were all waiting for that look back <laughs> yeah uh, this week i think everybody was the most pumped for the soul coughing retrospective i mean Surely. what else is there really i mean i saw it coming a mile away <laughs> <I did. laughs> um, we got a special request in that i do a little recap of my some of my adventures in america let's, um, let's go if for you it. don't mind doing that for keep, it brief, but... keep it brave well no i went to see um i'm not going to tell you about the mundane minutiae of my travels but uh i did i did do some stuff that's relevant to the podcast one pit stop uh yeah two pit stops in fact two pit stops that i'll talk about first being a pasadena daydream which was a all-day festival organized by none other than robert smith from the cure bob smith bob bobby bob as we call him um which I suppose followed a similar mold to last year's Meltdown Festival in London in terms of uh, Robert Smith picked all the artists. I presume had some hand in the organization of the event and the Cure headlined. So the Cure curated. The curated. I like it. Ha, it's ha. it's a shame it's over now and they can't use that. No, um, next time. Yeah, next time. I'll text them. So the the artists that I saw. Um, first band of the day was uh, Kaelin Mikla. I believe they're an Icelandic post punk quartet. Um, I I had heard little bits of the album, um, and I think they I think they have a lot of potential. I think they have a ways to go, but their stage presence is very spooky and uh, cool. and quite impressive. And they definitely were a good band to start the day. It was funny seeing goths in full on trench coats, white makeup, the whole nine yards in thirty five degree heat. Mm. <laughs> I mean but, you, c- you gotta yeah. commit to it. But but at least they were ushered directly into a nice cool air conditioned tent and Caitlin Mickler were certainly keeping things spooky. Um they've got some very interesting electronics that they incorporate into their sound. It's it's actually uh, there's no guitar. It's it's a bass a bass synth vocal Set up with drums. That. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and it's and it's cool and and it works. It's 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 definitely they they're taking a page out of maybe the sort of nine inch nails playbook in terms of creating heaviness using electronics, and it's cool. It's really really good. Um, I missed the Twilight Sad because I was standing in a ridiculously long merch line for a hat because I mm. knew if I didn't buy one, I would die. Um, the top of my head is quite fragile and I've fallen victim to sunstroke yeah. before. Yes, so. um, I've heard that band name lots. Yeah, I've always got confused with different band names with twilight in it 
Because there's the Twilight Singers yes. and then there's, well, I don't know, Sad? Something. I mean, there's probably many. All the music we listen to. Yeah. Um, I did see them from a distance. They're a very heavily accented Scottish sort of post-punk band. Um, I've heard bits and pieces, but I couldn't give you a full recap. I did buy a nice Deftones hat, though, um, which, I'm, you know, mm. which was how I spent mm. that set. Um, Emma Ruth Rundle was excellent. Nice. We were quite complimentary about her album. We were. Um, she's she's, so she's cool. a really tied, tidy live setup with um, uh, guitar bass her also playing guitar and drums and yeah they sounded Ooh. sounded fantastic caught like some of the highlights from Dark Horse so the title track and a couple of other songs from that album that I knew um, really really good uh, Mogwai played too I would say a slightly smaller crowd than I was hoping but I'd say it was maybe half full but uh, really really good the problem with me and Mogwai is I really like Mogwai but can I necessarily tell you what songs they're playing no 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 never no. I can't <laughs> I, I, I recognise yeah. that one that has vocals from the new album you know the remember that song I, I, of course how yeah. could I forget <laughs> I need four and I mine uh, that was good really really good I li- I really like Mogwai I've seen them a couple times and they always they always do excellently I would say Mogwai probably better suited for either a nighttime slot or an indoor slot yes uh, we've, we seen, seen, we've in- seen bands that got in the house for indoors and yeah it works. I think I think that style of expansive post-rock instrumental music definitely works better um, when there's a All sounds flying show. at you yeah. around, bouncing off walls. It's yeah. a recipe for lovely disaster. Right. They were they were battling the sunshine a little yeah, bit, but they were yeah, still yeah. they were still really good. Um, well, these indoor bands at this festival actually. Speaking of what ba- were ban- they? bands that I've known to be really fucking good mm. indoors yeah. and good outdoors, mm. but you know they have their their mainstay. Right, exactly. Um, the The next one in the tent was Chelsea Wolf. I'm not going to lie to you; we've covered her on the show before. Chelsea Wolf's not my cup of tea. I didn't really stay for very long. I'm sure if you're if you are into Chelsea Wolf, it was a great performance. It sounded I, I can't good. really ga- gauge it. The sound was excellent. Okay, good. That's um, that, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, but I I did take a little bit of a breather, and um, because Deftones were, I wanted to get a good spot for Deftones, mm. and I did. And Deftones were amazing. Of course. Of course they were. Yeah. Uh, I believe... How was Chino's guitar playing, actually? Well, <laughs> oh, really it, good. Because he's getting better and better and better. And I was what... surprised, actually, by how yeah. much he played guitar. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'd say he was... a steady climb. Yeah, he was, I, he was definitely on the guitar for about half the set. Yeah. Um, because he, he, he started learning how to play guitar in the middle of the band's life. Mm. So he's kind of... It really beefs up the sound. Yeah. Um, he did uh, have an unfortunate pants falling down moment uh, pretty soon into... I think it was... Uh, oh. it, I think it was uh, back to school. Oh. He did like jumped off the cab and then like, he was just... He just needed a belt. Um, so he kind of spent a lot of the, the set like sort of pulling his pants back up. But apart from that, he was phenomenal as always. Chino has an amazing voice and the band were all on top form. I got uh, Swerve City... Got be quiet and drive. I got, uh, you know, like I said, back to school. Deep cuts? Any deep cuts? Uh, yeah, plenty of deep cuts. Plenty of songs I didn't recognize actually. Yeah, there, um, there was one called yeah. "Oh God, forgive me." It's like it's a really short word, like gauze or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, gauze. Uh, that, I think okay, that's that's what it was then. I think it was the first time they've ever, ever played it live. That's from um, uh, Kona Yokan. Oh, Kona Yokan. Yeah. Yes, they actually played quite a lot from Kona Yokan, which I'm not so familiar with, but it was all really, really good. It's my favorite. Um, awesome. So, and they played like "Change the House of Flies." I mean, they played all the, they played all the single, but then they did play um, a few deep cuts. I didn't necessarily recognize, but all good. It's all Deftones. So I'm I'm happy. It was a happy boy, um, and he got the crowd like 
Mm. bouncing a few times which is yeah that's the one that's always the one uh so they were excellent the joy formidable i think really uh, surprised the lot they surprised everybody maybe except me because i knew they were going to be good you expected something but i don't think the crowd in pasadena was expecting a really quirky kooky three-piece from wales that also are capable of just like tearing the tent to the ground they have a bit they have a bit of live banter so much live oh, banter good. oh my god I've seen some of their acoustic shows and they're fu- fucking fun- funny um, folk is it Mitzi I don't want to yes. get her name wrong D- yeah mm, well anyways like I think oh. it's I think it's from memory I think it's Mitzi but anyway her, her, her stage banter was, was in, especially in contrast to the sheer sort of badassery of, this, of the uh, performance was so it was just so twee and quaint. She yeah. was, you know, talking about, oh, my mum is probably sitting at home drinking a cup of tea somewhere. I'm doing a terrible Welsh accent. I just listed into Jamaica there for a second. I can't do a Welsh accent. <laughs> but, but, my God. but it was, it was, you know, if you're out there, mum, hello. Yeah. Uh, and it was, Thank it you, was, Mrs. Doubtfire. It was adorable. Yeah, I, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, it was, it, the, the onstage banter was was hilarious. And then at one point, I think, the, I think uh, a snare uh, drum exploded or, or burst or something so she had quite a bit Fuck, of wow. stage patter to get through uh, and she did a really, really good job how was how was the the songs from the recent album live huge because i know the production li- little different from the big wall of sound albums mm. i want to see if like the live atmosphere brought it up yeah to meet I, the others I, I don't know how they work it with samples and and all the rest of it but i mean everything sounded really really full mm-hmm. uh, her voice was on top form i couldn't couldn't complain also having the drummer sort of uh having them all in a line with the drummer on the right hand side cool. facing the rest of the band mm-hmm. was great because he had such infectiously like happy expressions yeah, during the whole he just loves yeah. drumming he's like the happiest yeah. man in the world and they had a he had a gong too so everyone would just yes. be like hit the gong and he'd be like the gong show here it comes everybody. and he'd hit the gong it was great it was a great set really enjoyed the joy formidable and uh, uh and then and they actually revealed that they're really they're re-releasing uh one of their albums i think yes or, on vinyl no they, or no sorry or no no, no they're re- they have re-recorded in its entirety their first ep and they are releasing yes, that, I that, heard that. I heard that, that. Yeah, that that's new awesome. recording for that's so good. the tenth anniversary, um, which is which is great. Mm. So that I think that's. I mean, we raved over Strawberry Girls when they did that with their Italian Ghost. I'm EP. all for it. I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, up, update the EPs. Uh, next up was Pixies. We're almost there. Um, Pixies. I mean, I know all of the the sort of six or seven or eight Pixie songs that everybody mm. knows. And oh, we missed their new album this week, by the way. We we missed up. We by did. a surprise in Mark. <laughs> and I, I may not be the best mm. per, best place person to mm. talk about Pixies, Me honestly. Because uh, I'm, I'm very, ca- very, very casual when it comes to Pixies. And to be honest with you, after about a half an hour, I, I sort of had enough. Um, this is going to sound like just sacrilege to some people, but I just, I That's had. Fun. They have a very particular sound. Obviously, Frank Black has a very particular voice. I, 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 I'm happy to listen to Doolittle once every two years like I do, sure. or singles here and there, but... A sort of an hour and a half or an hour and three quarters of Pixies was a little too much for me so I took a little break uh, and then I saw and then, and then we kind of got ready for The Cure and The Cure came out eventually um, to a completely full uh, Rose Bowl it wasn't in the actual stadium it was in the grounds I think it may, be a, may have been a golf course I mean we saw a few little <laughs> bunkers and ponds and stuff like that but it was and it was absolutely mad I said it was probably about 30, 40,000 people there to see The Cure and you know I mean, The Cure are well known as being an excellent live act. That was no exception. They played, with maybe like five or six exceptions, every single Cure song that I know. Yeah. 
Um, Robert Smith's voice does not change. No, no, it really it's doesn't. Possibly even better live. His voice was phenomenal. The the the, the tone, the actual, it's one of the best well, live sounds I've ever it's, heard. It's like you've got a voice that doesn't uh, exceed its its mm. its qualities and strengths your entire life. You spend it with that. Yes. Of course, it's going to stay. Yeah. Like same with like um, Beach Boy, Beach Boys, for example, to yeah. an extent. <laughs> Well, see, they, they, um, they were so high register, whereas I think... Or the Rush, even... Or R- Rush is a great example. Yeah. I mean, you know, Geddy Lee is sort of a force of nature. Um, but really, I was very, very impressed. And he did actually do a few little improvisations where he uh, where he hit, like, higher notes than you would expect for, like, dramatic effect. Yeah. Fucking great. And I don't know who the drummer is for The Cure. Like, I know nothing about The Cure, really, except for Robert Smith and, like, a couple of albums. Did he do the pan flute so- solo at the start of uh, Burn? Yes, he did. Fuck yes. Yes, he did. I he love did. when he does he did that. Do that. And and the the drums were yeah. absolutely amazing. The sound was amazing. Drummer was was fantastic. The all everything with the audio visuals, the backgrounds, and mm. I say the set was great. At one point, a guy like nearly had a conniption behind me when they started playing Push, which I would agree with him. I wanted to sort of lose my shit as well, but he was pro- like, "Ah, God bless you, Robert Smith," because <laughs> Push is such a great song, and I don't think it was a single, or if it was, it wasn't a huge single. So they played that, and they played a night like this, which is my favorite Cure song, and again, yes. it wasn't a big single, but just uh, incredible. So a great set, and basically to feel like you could go home happy. When the band leaves the stage and then for them to come back on and he says, you know, and here's a half an hour of popular music and then to play seven more songs and you go, fuck me. I completely forgot about these like A tier top shelf singles. You know, that's that's a band that's oh, worthy of their don't get me wrong. Status. We're, we're going to cover Disintegration or something. We soon. have to. No, no, no. We absolutely have to because I think The Cure... I, you know, after coming away from that gig, I sort of said to myself, wow, like you, you need to go beyond the greatest hits and like disintegration or actually head on the door is the one that I like the best. Yeah, there's so many layers, but uh, yeah, yeah, wow. They're a great band. So it was a great day. It was a really, really good day. My hat protected me. Um, thank you, Deftones. And it was, it was really good. So then the other, then very, very quickly, the other uh, interesting thing that happened while I was away was I met up with uh, Kelly Scott from Failure. Yeah, you had a date with Kelly Scott. I had a date with Kelly. And uh, not to go into too much detail, but he's an absolute, just genuine <laughs> yeah. gentleman of a human. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so generous with his time. We had some great discussions about for example, the sound of Comfort, the first Failure record, and how maybe that might have been different if Kelly had been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were discussing, you know, maybe the differences between uh, Greg Edwards and uh, Ken Andrews in terms of how they write songs and how Ken Andrews produces and how he has the magic touch. Yeah, it's, I got home, I literally put, the, one of the vinyls I purchased totally on spec was Gone Is Gone. Do you remember the Bastion yes. Side project? Yes. Love that album. But I was just listening to it thinking, fuck me, the production is amazing here. Who mixed it? Ken Andrews. The dude's got his finger in many, many pies and, and, and Kelly Scott does too. I mean, the guy has a much, maybe more varied career than you might think beyond just being the drummer from Failure. He drummed in this amazing band called Blinker the Star that we're going to have to cover at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly very accurately described them as failure meets Beach Boys, which <laughs> it's it's amazing. They have one. Yeah. They have this amazing album called August is Everywhere. We have to cover some at some point. Um, he he's drummed for Queens of the Stone Age, Christina Aguilera. Like he he the whole gamut. He was the he was the tour drummer for Hyro the Hero. If you remember, he was like yes. a kind of a real buzz like rap rock artist for a while um, he he's really done a, he's done a huge huge amount of stuff and the Lusk album that we covered as yeah. well um, you can you can really hear his sonic signature if you're listening out for it the dude like batters the mm. shit out of the drums 
Um, and just just a really positive example of like a guy furrowing his own path and just doing well in life. The, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Just the fact that he just he knows our music exists yeah. blows my mind mm. quite quite off yeah 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 and he will drum on your track dear listener um if you just find him through his uh sound better or better sound or whatever that yeah, website yeah, is called cool. uh, profile you can you know he's a gun for hire too um and he really he's just his attention to detail is immaculate he's a, he's a That'll be so lovely guy someday oh my god oh my yeah god. like yeah oh. oh worth the investment fuck fuck me like kelly scott on the track you kidding me um but uh yeah let's just i just wanted to say like a huge thanks to kelly for uh, reaching out and for giving us time because we we had a lovely evening i have to say yeah. and it was Spon- spontaneity is glorious it's not often you meet one of your you know your favorite drummers in the world but uh i was lucky enough that in la i did so big success the trip was great now we're home and we have to talk about tool tool is here tool, tool is here. has tool arrived here. did we in our when we started this did we I, did we uh, when we started this show did we think we would be talking about a Tool album or did we think it was Pie in the Sky? I'm sure if we go back a few episodes and by a few episodes I mean 60 episodes mm. um, you'll hear me saying stuff about Tool yeah. and go oh I wish you know these guys I guess they're filling Tool's shed now. <laughs> yeah or I, yeah Tool's I, shed yeah. yeah and I think I, I mean I had nearly sort of put those but it's I don't want to say hopes because again mm-hmm. we'll try to talk about my personal relationship to, to Tool but those um, suspicions to bed when the Perfect Circle album came out because I sort of that's it like he's no. that's it now he's committed to Perfect Circle oh, no, no, for the next no. like three years the, the next album cycle for, for me it's it's always been you know you got your Pussifer you got your Perfect Circle then you got your what's next tool right, right, um, right, right or your winery or whatever uh, but yeah from what I've heard uh, first off with this album yeah. was um, they haven't been writing it for 13 years as you would expect no um, from what I've heard it's it's Closer to when since we started the podcast, they probably started it. I think, yeah, the, the which number is still a long while, but flying makes sense. around for me was like three years. I that, think is roughly yeah. that makes sense, right? It does, and I think you know, it only began to get into ridiculous territory in maybe two thousand and like eleven or so. Like they had kind of been leaving large gaps between albums as a. Yeah. you know as a fairly common occurrence. five years before that yeah like five so kind of what once you got past like 2011 2012 i think that was when people started to say wow or like are they gone forever um and uh, you know listening back the last couple of weeks to to undertone and anima and uh, lateralis and ten thousand days like you can you can tell how they just put absolutely everything into a record and it must just be this Herculean task to even consider going back and coming up with a whole new fresh set of ideas, a whole new concept, a whole new... Because it's for them, it's not necessarily just like, you know, an hour or an hour and a half of music. Like, it, it's... There's so much more to it. There's a huge... There's, there's a whole visual component. Many artists involved. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, many there's videos a we haven't even seen yet. Conceptual component to um, it as well. I, I had a look at the... <laughs> I had a look at the uh, the DVD or of uh, the CD set mm. they uh, gave, they they brought out with this. And, yeah, with um, the, which comes with like a, a HD screen and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's an entire song on there that no one has really heard. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's on the screen. Once you open the screen, lights up. <laughs> I didn't realize shows... it was a it was on 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 previously unheard track. Yeah. Oh my god! And um, the artwork is incredible mm. uh, off the bat. It's my favorite Tool artwork yet. Wow! Um, and th- the album cover doesn't really 
say much about that until you you'd open the packaging because mm. it's got a lot of um I forget the artist either Chetzar it was either Chetzar um somebody I'll, it'll come back to me in a second but um sure. he's got this really psychedelic dark yeah um vibe to it that he that really brings the mystery and the right. intrigue to it well I think that's always been Tool's calling card and I should say for the record before we get too deep into the review the album's called Fear Inoculum um, which I don't think I mentioned at the top of the section, but uh, yeah, I think I think unsettling mysteriousness has always been at the heart of what Tool do. They they're they're quite oblique, and in terms of like their lyrics, their artwork, and um, even the samples and the interludes and all that sort of stuff, like, like the fact the fact that there is no that you can't really render the covers to uh, Anima or Lateralis in two D. Like they just they just sort of picked an angle and put that up as the Spotify artwork, but yeah. you know those those covers are multi layered kind of hologram holographic type uh, weird three D creations. So yeah. you know I was never even sure what the covers to two albums actually looked like. <laughs> it's an experience. It's yeah, it in is. And itself. Um, yeah, and sometimes I found that a little frustrating in a way. Was it like how much Tool went out of their way to like. To, to make themselves inaccessible. Sorry, Alex Gray was the album Alex artist. Gray was the album artist. Okay, yes. good to know. Yeah, he did a great job. Um, yeah. But, sure. yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, so he's just showing me there's a there's a sort of a squid man. Uh, a Pope inverting through time. Yes. And it's very accurately portrayed to be yeah. mathematically precise. And it's, yeah, it reflects the music. But I thought there was always a weird sort of mm-hmm. almost frat-ish sense of humor to... That was underscoring a lot of what they had done up to this point, whereas which which definitely ebbed away to a certain extent on Ten Thousand Days, and I think is totally absent on Fear Inoculum. Whereas now this feels like a much more, dare I say, grown up version of Tool. Not that they weren't before, but just that there was they they had the, they had a lot of tongue in cheek elements before. Yes. Whereas this this album does feel like a very um, po faced or like quite a serious proposition mm-hmm. do you know do you kind of get what I'm saying like yeah. there isn't any of those there is obviously there is the interludes and all that kind of stuff but, yeah. uh, but there's the no part, like people raving about Area 51 or there's no like songs about shit the bed or there's no you know like there's that kind of element of yeah. slightly offbeat humor is is gone I think ha- that's now reserved for Pussifer it has to be a little more serious it's now. more serious and even Pussifer to an extent has gotten a little more serious oh is it um, okay yeah alright yeah 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 mm. But I think that's, to be honest with you, personally for me, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It just comes with with, with the band wanting to explore what else can we possibly do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess blow blow everyone out of the water <laughs> with with, uh, with just a relentless yeah. um, statement of um, an 80 minute long album. Yeah. Which is um, funny too, because it's, I think it's... Refusal of singles. 86 minutes long, I believe. And if you kind of look back at their previous records... My understanding is that the length of the album was pretty much dictated by the amount of music you could physically store on yeah. a CD. <laughs> so that that's that's why the first four albums are all around seventy six minutes is because the manufacturer couldn't guarantee that they could fit any more onto a CD. So that's funny. it's almost a little. It's a fun yeah. little um, uh, sort of wink and a nod in a way yeah. that there's a CD version that is seventy six minutes, and then there's the digital version which is. 10 minutes longer than that yeah and I think m- more than ever with this album is that um, 
you, you really notice, especially with the interludes, that mm. it, it shows everybody's magic touch mm. this time. Um, uh, it definitely shows that with Maynard being not too front and center as he was beforehand. No, um, no, no, and, and you'd be you, it's points. You'd be waiting a while to hear Maynard. At, he's tucked into a back pocket for a lot of the album. Yeah. He's totally on the level with with most of the guitar work as well. Yes, um, which is great because you get to hear all these very interesting new things. Mm. Which um, even for Adam Jones, um, such a crazy weird guitarist, yeah, still ex- still asking around. Like I, I recall, he asked. He has a thing where he, he asks guitarists he goes on tour with mm. or sees like what what exercises do they do to um keep keep their. Uh, technique or, or learn stuff and really yeah, i think like he learned a lot of stuff of kirk hammett and his solo <laughs> technique and how he repeats stuff and inverts stuff and yeah kind of shows well i do certainly think yeah in terms of adam jones there is a an increase in the number of uh guitar hero moments or guitar solos yeah. and you know they, they they were there before but you know you do get a lot more of where he'll just go into full wah mm-hmm. and start soloing i think you get one on i think you get one on um Everywhere. Well, you get you get one on the title track. You you get one on Invincible as well. I think you get five to six minutes of it in Temp in Zempest. Yeah, you well, let's call it just call it Tempest. But um, yeah, you're right. You do, mm-hmm. and that was something that that does add an extra. I suppose it justifies the mm-hmm. extra sort of three to four minutes that you're getting per track on average. Yeah, uh, you know the the I would say like the average tool track up until this point was like six seven eight minutes yeah. and like these are all you know sort of 11 to 15 minutes long but there's much more going on in terms of what how adam jones and uh is it uh jason chance justin chancellor are like chancellor. playing off each other um, and it all sounds necessary that's right exactly You'd expect a 10 minute one one to have a lot of waffle even for tool yeah expect uh, yeah it, mostly expected and go, like going back through the back catalogue this is this is the longest tool album, but to me it feels the shortest. Yes. Um, because really, it, it like whereas before even we're listening to seven movements. Yeah. Not even seven movements, six. Like ten or twelve or thirteen long-ish tracks always feels longer than yeah. like the sort of seven opus type tracks that you have here that all they don't feel like they had to say they're welcome it feels like they're all the right necessary correct length for the idea they're trying to express with interludes that your brain kind of just mm-hmm. discounts in other words they, they add padding and they add breathing room that allows yeah. allows the tracks to kind of sit alone but you know but in my my the way my brain interprets music is like it's like it feels more like a 35 40 minute album because it's mm-hmm. like okay well it's only seven tracks plus interludes yes um, um and yeah. I, I, one thing i really love about the interludes that i found out recently was mm. um each one is made by a different member of the band i think i'd heard that on the grapevine yeah, yeah 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 that's cool i don't know who who who's is who's not including a chocolate chip trip well that's which is, which is kind of the Danny the rush Carey. the rush centric drum solo yeah um, that's the mm, not the mm, that's the one moment where I kind of where I, I almost get pulled out of the illusion a little bit where it, it's it just feels like so on the nose a drum solo. Yes. It, it, it if it had, if it had sort of uh, interwoven with the the synthesizers a little bit more to make it to give it more of a melodic sort of grounding, or if there was a bit more catchiness to the groove. As it stands, it feels more like your typical 
just look how fucking great I am at doing fills. Yeah. But but here's the thing. Yeah. I always thought, um, yeah. and I'm not the only one, like, on that Reddit, oh my god, that Reddit and, and its theories. I have not uh, um, gone into that cesspit. Well, there's just, the thing of yeah. 10,000 trees, or 10,000 <laughs> days. Jeez, 10, that would days. be a good festival. No, 10,000 days. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, um, where uh, tracks overlap on each other. Sure. In a very, very purposeful manner it's it it's all intent i've like, heard uh, I mean, yeah wings of mary part two um if you if you put virginity vig- trees oh, yeah. on it right um it perfectly marks uh perfectly like fixes it into fixes some, into a beat and it, it adds to um the slight emptiness you expected before and makes it something cool. totally new yeah um a feeling there's probably a bit of that in this album that we don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, what I've, I mean, certainly for like, uh, I think it's Litany, con- uh, sorry, well, it's Litany contre le peu, but you know, Litany contre le peu, the, the Litany against uh, fear. fear. Um, that to me, I would not be shocked if it's like Morse code or something. Some, yeah, something on the actual. Uh, yeah. Or, 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 oh yeah, you throw it into a graphic, you know, a graphic visualizer for the, yeah. for the waveform and it's like a picture of Maynard or something, yeah. you know, that. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me because it's, it's like the way. Yeah. Um, do, do you notice thing about the the logo? No. Um, the fact that both the T and the L, if you put them, face them on each other, right, sticking up, it's a syringe. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's always something and that adds to the, like kind yeah. of the the injecting the fear inoculum, mm. the inoculate. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But so, so a, we've discussed the uh, the sort of the accoutrements you could say the artwork the sort of the plays on words the all the uh, interludes which are you know fine they're not necessarily what i'm coming to tool for but <laughs> in terms of the actual songs where do you think they sit in terms of quality is this a natural evolution is this like a revolution where you didn't expect them to sound like this or how are you feeling about the actual the the, the tracks the seven main tracks on the album very good Great. <laughs> okay. Um, impossibly good. Okay. Um, it's hard to be better than perfect. Ha! So they just write what they do. There's, yeah. It, it's it's not a, a it's not a uh, atmospheric jump mm. from what they've done before. Certainly um, not from Ten Thousand Days. And, and to an extent, some some of the riffs harken back mm. um, to stuff we're very very much at home with. Yeah. Like the schisms or. or um, or whatever song is a mainstay in their catalogue. Yeah. That is, has such a certain beat or a reaction to a tempo they're using mm. that if you hear that in another song that comes out after 13 years, you're going to be like, that's probably, oh, that's a total schism yeah. rip-off. But, um... Are you talking about the bit where it's like... Numa. I'm talking Numa, actually. Oh, yeah. Love Numa. Oh, my God. Good few listens in, you're like, this is spectacular. Yeah. Totally off its own. Um, And just... Yeah, the how to write ten minute, eight, to eight, seven, ten minute long songs, mm. um, and not make them all sound like they're running off the same template, right? Um, in some cases, they they kind of, um, the the kind of the song, this the the chord structures um, invert on each other, like like let's say the the uh, ending is kind of the same as the beginning. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a mirror, they're mirror images mm. in a way, which which is pretty interesting as well. Um, yeah. But they add different dynamics and take away stuff that w- wasn't seen in the intro or the outro. Um, I-, I like those subtleties as well, mm. um, even though it's just they're all epic in their own way. Yeah, I mean, the, it's, the, it, the, the downside is like if if you want your three minute long 
parabola or whatever or that's six minutes sorry geez um if you want parabola. something that type yeah, yeah parable parabola yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. song um nothing quite as immediate as that yeah but um if you're patient uh you'll you'll get you'll get the tempest which is yeah ironically the most immediate at 15 minutes at 15 right? minutes that and, yeah that i mean then that's absolutely i've heard that all over but that is absolutely no it's accurate. totally it's true. true it's true it, it reminds me of the opiate ep which is their first one if you ever had listened to that one i'm sure at some point in the past i have but not recently no okay well it's it's totally a riff kicking down yeah. the wall kind of badassery and that totally harkens back to it i'm sure that was the intent as well yeah and like we can still do it no, Tempest is is absolutely phenomenal. It really is. Um, yeah, you've got you in this album. You've got your really good songs. Then you've got your impossibly good songs. <laughs> and there are two of them on this. Um, Being New Man Tempest is it? Uh, no. Oh, okay. For me, um, for me, it was actually descending. Oh, Tempest, okay. Where I was, I was just as soon as the chorus hit and descending, I was like, yeah. "What is this? How? How are they?" This is like a whole spatial taking off level of kind of epic. Yeah. It just sounds like something's rising. Yeah, there's some I like it. really fun moments a in rumble. that song. I there's think some... I almost got like, do you remember at the Elder album last year, the couple, couple of years ago like that? I almost yeah. got a, that vibes, that kind of moment, psychedelia or something mm-hmm. uh, during the solo in that song. A lot really of psychedelic great. rumble in this album. Yes. More so than the other Tool albums. Because yes. this one has a bit of kind of weird synth. Like, does like, like early 80s kind of synthy solo stuff going on yeah it sounds yeah very high frequency yeah. kind of squealing since almost sound like the kind of warning uh warning alarms at yeah. a nuclear reactor or something i love it and, um yeah, yeah and occasionally Adam Jones is playing the synth and occasionally Justin oh, Chance is playing the synth. Okay. That's because guitar is still playing and then bass is still playing with it. So hmm. that's that's clever. No, um, it's yeah, I think I think mean, you know, really t- people talk about how Tool are this they they're almost sort of like a magic eye puzzle of a band or you need to or like it's like solving a Sudoku or Rubik's cube. You know, I don't uh, what I will say is that really. to my ear I I just hear a band with some really like pristine production that I adore so for me it's like my enjoyment of two albums has just increases with Mm. each passing Mm. record because they just sound better and better and better it's like 10,000 Days sounds like it's the same production team as 10,000 Days they've just they've just honed that sound and now it sounds absolutely phenomenal it's a joy it's a joy to listen to this album it feels like a nighttime album as well at times it does yeah it definitely does but again like they they take that what i really enjoy about like dream theater for example which is taking a as long as the concept of the song is really really strong you can stretch that out to to 12 13 14 15 minutes and i will be very happy to stay in that space because i think maynard sounds he's you know it's just really good riffs incredible production a singer who i think is at his career best yeah for my money anyway it's it's it's, it's funny to say sorry to yeah no go there. ahead i know i'll just say and, and just say some you know and then and then as well a less reliance on what i would have previously thought of as being that kind of slightly kitschy middle eastern type sound that they lean reasonably heavily on in like lateralis and anima it's still there and they still have the the uh wor- sort of world music drumming and all that kind of stuff but i think it's all done to the point where it's 
it's subtle enough and it's it fits the songs mm. well enough that that doesn't actually I think it adds to them here. Yeah. So that's so for me it's it's not about tool you know solving the Fibonacci sequence or 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 whatever or coming up with a new digit of pi. I just think like this is a really solid basically post rock album with some great riffs and great singing and six out of seven songs that I think are rock solid. Like yeah. Culling Voices I could take or leave, but the other six and the interlude. I still like I really where Culling like. Voices kind of goes. I like it. I, I like the song. If it's it was ca- on a lesser it's... album, I would be like, this is the best song on the album. Yeah. But it's just, it's up against Tempest, Numa, which I fucking adore Numa. I think it's so good. Uh, Invincible is also excellent. Your your favourite yeah. Descending is also brilliant. Um, you know, so it's, a, it's, it's among very mm. esteemed company where yeah. I think it's a little bit of a one one song has to be the the whipping boy for me it's calling voices I don't like as much oh, okay purely because I think the riff I, I think the build up is excellent I think the payoff of when uh, the, the everything comes crashing in is is less satisfying than on some of the other tracks yeah. um but uh, yeah and, and it's, it's excellent and it's not weird to not hear um well it's not weird to not hear um Maynard screaming on this or- he does do that little La Tempest must be just that. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a rasp and that's, in Tempest. Well, well, that's it. It does the fact that he he's he screamed more on Pussifer albums and A Perfect Circle yep. albums as of late compared to the one where he origina- originated right. the kind of angry 30-second long scream at the start of a song kind of thing. But then I... See, then this is where I kind of maybe branch off from and he other... Can, he can totally still do it. No, I'm sure he that's can. The, that's the funny part. I'm sure It just can. doesn't need it. But it doesn't need it. And no. actually, I think I don't think that was ever Tool's strongest suit. And that when they were at early the moment, on, it was maybe one of them. Yeah, but that's okay. Like it's I, I know that's the majority opinion, so I I totally totally get that that's what people think. But listening back to the back catalogue, there are, sometimes there'll just be these fairly straight ahead sort of alt or sort of prog metal uh, bangers, and I, mm. I'm not sure that's the Tool that I like the best. I think. Tool, the expansive, proggy, psychedelic tool is the one that I engage the most with, you know? Yeah. And that's what you kind of get here in spades. Is Tempest. Tempest is really that's the only the nod towards that's the mix. And it's and Tempest is is them doing that type of tool at its absolute best. So I I'm totally on board. And the solo? I, I just the solo's worth talking for I can mm. write a book on that. Um <laughs> some parts it's like how how did how did he write that? How did mm. he how does it sound like that? Yeah. Like I don't know. Is that is that is that was that you fucking around with like weird harmonics or is it could be a weird delay or oh, it's, yeah. like it sounds like a computer glitching at points, like a modem. Exploding. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, that's impressive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to um, Evil, or also known as Joe Baresi, who did the production on this and Ten Thousand Days. Dude's got some pretty esteemed like releases to his name queens of stone age he's did deep blue way parkway drive um he's worked with he did x lives by every time i die so the guy's you know he's got a really really good cv and uh, he he did an excellent job here i'm slightly just slightly disappointed in uh, bob ludwig who's the mastering engineer he he did random access memories right so the guy knows how to master a record no question but for some reason um on this album and on Ten Thousand days they're, they've let clipping leak into the mix in a few spaces. Um, it's usually Danny Carey's drums when they get really, really hot, and there's uh, which is always and there's ma- and there's huge amounts of distortion and Maynard is singing at the same time. 
there is audible clipping on this album, which I think is disappointing. I'm going to wait for the vinyl release. I'm definitely going to be buying that because I, w- I want the... I want the full dynamic range of this album. And for an album that sounds so great, it's a little disappointing that there's like 15 seconds on this album where it all spills out over the limiters. But apart from that, it sounds amazing. So. Yeah, it's hard to notice. It is. But no, I'm, this isn't me being crazy, by the way. All all the forums are like, this is an amazing album. It sounds phenomenal. There's like 15 seconds of audible clipping. Let's wait for the, hmm. the vinyl you know, release and people then, are gonna yeah. eat that up. Well, yeah, of course, and I think like, I think too. If people spend, yeah, eighty euro on like the one way you can get on CD, CD yeah. in in the UK, mm. then uh, they're gonna definitely die for that vinyl. Well, absolutely, and I think um, I hope it's reasonably priced, but I think too are very very savvy in terms of staggering the release. You know, going with streaming and what is for all intents and purposes a dead format in the CD without even having a affordable CD and an affordable final release hmm. means that they m- may actually get to number one again. Yeah. Which is wild. Like, they, like when that... Between Slipknot and Tool yeah. doing that whole shebang. When that standard good, release drops, week. I would not be shocked if they... Because I, for one, will definitely be going out to get this on vinyl. Yes. Um, Hell, I, I spent a lot on on a Lateralis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, uh, yeah, I just think this one will really sing on on vinyl. But as it stands, you know, clipping notwithstanding, I think the dynamic range of this album is great. It's it's great when a when a metal record can still kind of wallop you with uh, when when the guitars come in full, it, it almost takes you by surprise how uh, how impactful they are. It's great. Still special. Yeah. Still a special thing. Yep. In many people's hearts and. Yep. Many fans that have passed away, which is that was the most mind blowing thing sad. to come to realize that, yeah. like this guy who got me into Tool, he passed away during these thirteen years. And wow, okay. this is kind of the legacy, really. So, so the fans are all, all loving it. Yeah, for for like the lost, it's great. It's great, great. See, here's, kind of yeah, I th- I've heard a little bit. of... I mean, to be honest with you, most people seem to really, really like this. <laughs> Fuck that one guy. Well, no, but <laughs> like, at the end of the day, of. this isn't. Um, you know, people get very hung up on Tool. First of all, they're not the sort of life-defining... For me, they're not no. like a life-defining band. They're, Even for me, I've, yeah, it's been 13 years. I've, I've found I've so many bands. Always try with... You know, it's not like I was one of those people that just missed out on Tool completely. Like, at the time, you know, when around when 10,000 Days came out, like, they were a band that came across the radar. I listened to them, but I could never connect with the music. I tried them again when I was in college. Again, I would listen to them. I knew bits and pieces. I knew Schism and all that. But like, yeah. even now that they're streaming and I've had a chance to really sit with them and live with them, I would say that Tool are not a band that I will ever like just lose my shit over the way people mm-hmm. do with Tool. Like it's people's yeah. favorite band. I mean, I've I've gotten sick over. I've gotten sick about bands. Yeah. Um, that I've only found out about in the last five years. I've kind of grown out of them. Yeah. So to, to for this to still impact with me in some way but that's what I'm saying sorry like exactly in terms of like for a band that I literally tried and tried and tried and pretty much failed and failed and failed to to get into I was really expecting this to not sort of toast my buns to be honest mm. with you and then what happened was with the streaming coming online and everything I sort of went actually no I really like 10,000 Days like I really like it and then Fear Inoculum comes out and that takes the 10,000 Days blueprint and kind of runs with it and expands on it and mm-hmm. you know changes things in a subtle ways but doesn't doesn't reinvent the wheel but 
as as somebody coming in who says I ten thousand days is the one, Fear Inoculum couldn't be a better record for me. So I'm yeah. very happy with this. I think it's excellent. I know I will be listening to this more and more as the year goes on. So yeah. Yeah. I I have I actually have a couple of weird gripes with this album. Gripe away. <laughs> like just the oddest ones. Go on. Um I used to study practically study Adam Jones's guitar sound guitar the way he plays. Sure. I used to like go out of my way to cover these songs okay. fully. I was like, okay, that's how he does it. Mm. And it's it it's not a big box <laughs> in the rift department. Not really. Um, in terms lo- of technicality, yeah, no, a, a lot not. of it. A lot of it essentially is staying around the third, the fifth fret. Yeah, diddly 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 diddly, that stuff. Yeah, like and or like, like you know, they're not like that's just as It's just as that's what gives them the impact. Yeah, and it it could drive any fan who wants more mad that he's kind of he kind of still uses that. Yeah, but that's just him, and he changes up a whole lot more. So. um it's barely a thing. Yeah. But there was moments I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, as in you this, were sort of going, oh, shit, here we go again. Type. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's the thing. is this? No, it's, I didn't. A, it's a tool. That was like the first lesson. If you were expecting right? anything other than a tool album, you thought like an idiot. Yeah. They were always yeah. going to make another tool album. So, yeah. you know, as that's said, why it, I don't was, subscribe to was, that thing. It was just the first yeah. lesson. And then I was like, oh, but that's just yeah. their nature. So, right. We know your nature. <laughs> like, it's not unlike them. Yeah. But it's true. That's that's absolutely the case. I don't think of them as these like musical deities dropping little like little sprinkles of yeah. of higher knowledge on the population. They're Somewhat. they're a alternative progressive metal band that play that music really well. But mm. they're not going to be anything that they're they're not going to turn into a different band. Yeah, they're you know, all striving for yeah for even for learning more. They like, what they've done is they've honed their craft. There, you know, and that's absolutely fine because there is only one tool. I would rather the tool just be the best yeah. tool they can be, rather than what some people were expecting, mm-hmm. which was for them to come out with I don't know, like some sort of anti-brown noise where you're just a constant orgasm for like an hour, and then you, or maybe what you perf- achieve enlightenment, or, or something. maybe what a perfect circle did, which was quite different. Yeah, but I suppose that's isn't that a what's his name? Well, uh, the uh, the songwriter for. Perfect Circle. Oh, fucking... What's his name? Shame he's, on us. He's in... He's in, he's in Ashes, Ashes Divide, Divide as well. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> um, anyway, that's... I mean, that's his baby. Yeah. And... You can change it up. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people in that pie. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And they were in an unwinnable situation. The fact... I think they've, they've come out smelling like roses from this is honestly close to unbelievable because surely there was bound to be people who were crushingly disappointed um, by this. And they're seems to be very few yeah. of them and who cares if you like yeah. it you like it yeah yeah but this is i mean it's objectively subjectively when, when it's smarter. yeah when, exactly when when judged by the standards of the band that made it this is an excellent excellent album and for my money the best album they've done not that my opinion counts for much when it comes to tool yeah but it's the album that i enjoy listening to the most by tool mm. so i'm very happy with this yes and it sounds like you're happy too oh yeah <laughs> I, I'm. St- I won't be done thinking about this. <laughs> mm. I won't. If it, if it turns out to be the last tool album, then even wow, yeah, more impactful. And we're, like at prior to Fear Inoculum, what was your? I'm not saying it's changed, but what was your number one? What's your sort of gold standard tool? Is it Lateralis? Uh, yes, that's the one. Lateralis, yeah. bit of enema, 
um, then a thousand days, ten thousand days, then on yeah. the toe, then okay. opiate. But they're, yeah. all, they're all fucking. And this is beasts. right now. It's sort of floating somewhere in the middle. I would assume. Oh, it's or, growing. It's growing. It could be in top three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mine is a total reverse order of release, which just speaks to my basic bitchness when it comes to sound, because like it's all about sound. I think I do think the songwriting on Ten Thousand Days is is spectacular. Like right into Jambi, different songs, uh, Wings from Marie, all just really different kinds of songs. It's yeah, yeah. It's, I can't compare. I just can't even fathom. Those. That's the only one that I could sort of yeah compare a little bit. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, I think we've done a pretty. Uh, decent job of telling you this is good it's worth your time you don't need us to tell you that you've definitely already listened to it if you have any investment whatsoever in this whole debate which has been inflaming the the alternative community for the last 13 years and now we live in a post post yeah. uh, fear inoculum world it does and we're, we're still odd. here yeah feels very odd to like, be able to just reach into waiting. your pocket, open up Spotify. And what are we waiting for next? <laughs> like, that's what, Yo, what's the life-changing thing? What's the next Unicorn album? Um, I mean, for me, it's the new, it's a new Sparta. I just got a message from Jim Ward yeah. on Instagram saying, don't panic, we deleted our Facebook, because I hate Facebook. We're yeah. still alive, they we exist. still have plans, we still exist, because they released two singles and then they that promptly took them down off streaming services, so I was getting worried. But um, yeah, that's, for, for, for me, me, it's uh, My Vitriol. Oh, sorry. To, for me too. To release a, a non a non um, rarities album, yeah. I guess, which is great. Fucking wow, I love that. Yeah, album Secret a lot. Sessions was sort of odds and sods. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love it too. But, but I know, I fucking know they still are. They mm. they have tons of stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the people on the pledge campaign for my vitriol were kind of funny because they would just lo- just lose their reason, kind of go, "I paid for this." Now. It's, it's like you got an yeah. album just just calm oh, yeah. down you um, got like I, we're all a little bit you know but at the end of the day you can't force Sam Warner to write an album like the dude will write an album if and when yeah. he's ready yes sorry regardless of the the 18 year odd wait it may be you know for me it's <laughs> Sparta My Vitriol and Curb Dog nice. Cormac Battle if you're listening please 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 because they released that one single, I know, I know, it was a now it was a song that they had yeah. had in the back pocket from like the nineties, but still, it's the sound was amazing. They still clearly had it, and I just really want them to get back into a studio and do something. But uh, yeah, well, anyway, one of the Unicorn albums has been released. It exists, and holy shit, it's really good. And mm. um, what is your favorite song of Fear and Oculus? Clearly, yes, and my. Favorite song is Numa right now. I nice. absolutely adore that Numa, song. Numa, Numa, Numa yay. yay! Um, it's a nine from me, dog. It's a nine point eight point. You can't three give from a yes, no. You don't get decimal points. A, not even for tool. It's a town. Okay, it's a town. All right. Okay. Is, just, is a master. Yes. You just is a master. All right. I don't care what clipping there is. <laughs> it is. is. Yeah, well, th- thankfully another mix will, will sort that out uh, pronto. Amazing. So, Fear Inoculum, a 9 from me, a 10 from Dill. Who to thunk? Two are back, and they're really good. Um, okay, next up. It's another high profile release. Oh my god. Corn. Uh, I, I can't, I just can't hold my piss any longer. No. Um, we've spoken about Corn in the not too distant past because we discussed their uh, untitled album from I believe that was 07 um, but this new album The Nothing from the Bakersfield uh, Quartet comes Jesus uh, 20 comes Jesus tw- comes Jesus now it comes 29 years after they first got together which is kind of insane that that Korn have a 30th birthday coming up 
Um, it's their 13th album. I don't think... Go ahead. I, I don't even think any of them take that for granted. No, I don't, like, no, I don't think they do. They, I mean, like, they, they've, a... they've been through the ringer. I mean, Especially this... Jonathan Davis lately. Like, I saw an interview and he's like, how? <laughs> to well, this yeah. day, pinch myself. I'm dreaming. I would be too. Like, just as a general trajectory, they went through... You know, they, they've obviously been through the, the painful lineup changes. Um, they've they've been fleeced by sort of dodgy management. They've yeah. gone through drug addiction. They've come out the other side. Uh, it, you know, David Silvera left the band, had returned to the band. There was also the bad blood, but that's all gone in the past now. Listen, I think in the last, we are very lucky to still have Korn. Korn are one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, and I, maybe not the most critical critically minded person to talk about them actually because there's something I like about every Korn album actually there's a lot that I like about every Korn album mm-hmm. and in particular I'm a big defender of Latter Day Korn I'm, I just I love Take a Look in the Mirror stuff yeah well Take a Look in the Mirror actually is probably my favourite Korn album and I not only have I never heard anybody else say that but I've got it up there I, I, I love it just I so much, fucking man. love it right but you almost never hear anybody even acknowledge take a look in the mirror like they just don't even talk about it people will talk about follow the leader they'll talk about issues the they'll side. talk about untouchables they'll obviously mention see on the other side because of the big singles and stuff like that but yeah. it's like take a look in the mirror never even happened and that album is so full of just these like concentrated uh, incredibly aggressive bangers it was with, such a quick um, yeah they made a point they're like four months this album's going to be done in four months the sound. a year after uh, perfect the other one I can't remember the other one before uh, Untouchables I guess yes I guess I believe perfect. it was yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, came before that and Untouchables great great album too but I think I think Take a Look in the Mirror distilled yeah. down everything that made that album great yeah. and just put it into this like it, you know you know that uh, it's like in movies sometimes they have like a little black square but the square weighs like 25 tons yeah. that's what it's like it's like a really small package but it's so fucking heavy yeah I love that album anyway um, you know they're a band that against all odds have been consistently releasing albums and I would say good albums for the last almost 30 years just, um, just yeah. skyrocketing off of the um, the toxic genre which yeah. the, the media act made them kind of inadvertently yeah create. simultaneously embodying new metal but also existing despite new metal or kind of just doing their own thing when they were in that yeah. lumped into that category but also doing their own thing yeah. when they just want to make a random album that's totally electronically inspired yeah or an album that was you said is like essentially a goth album which is the untitled album. yes you know. and then they've come to say that well is jonathan davis has come out and said that he does not like new metal at all no and well, they, like from he, the, he yeah he's like like I'm pretty sure he he quite dislikes Limp Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, have you ever heard? Uh, it's all in the family. I'm just hearing him talk. I about, hate you. I remember him in an interview I'm, recently I'm talking about I, that, that fucking rock rap shit. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, okay. There's only one who comes but to they, mind. But they've always been. That's um, the thing is they've always been singular, and I do yeah. think that new metal, like yeah. despite all of the um, the shit that gets thrown at it. All of the main, ba- all the major bands in new metal sound quite different. Like the pioneers of new metal, they all sound quite different. Yeah, and there's a lot of parrots and yeah, no, 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 there was like the second and third and fourth wave that all that just that you know I agree. Like a lot of it is complete dog shit. But as far as like corn, Slipknot, sure, Limp Bizkit, it's not for me. But like they sound different again, and 
Um, I just I'm I'm in American Head Charge. I'm trying to think of a few other bands that were in that first wave of new metal. I can't really Zebrahead. Sure. Um, yeah. You know they all have their own thing going on, or even Mudvayne. Um, it's an interesting sound, and I think Corn have a very interesting nook within that umbrella that I've always just been a complete sucker for. I love those detuned chromatic riffs, fieldy playing bass like nobody else on earth plays bass. Um, like it's it's basically sub frequencies of the human ear. Same. Um, Some of my earliest memories were listening or were of listening to Corn. Yes. Watching watching just. Some of the role. what's the video with the bullet? Oh, uh, Freak on a Leash. Yeah, yeah. I vividly remember that, and that came out when I was a toddler. Yeah. So I, it drove it completely just, blew my mind. Like this is weird music on this TV, and this is going to be my life. I got into them probably like fourteen, fifteen, but you know, it was it was the way like yeah. John was so vulnerable, yeah. like as a as a dude singer in like what's ostensibly like a macho music scene, so vulnerable. Um, the the John Scott stuff was I always found like fascinating and slightly scary the bagpipes all that stuff I just think they had an amazing aesthetic really consistent and like well established sound and and and, a, and an ear for melody that a lot of those bands didn't have like mm. and just an an ability to write a incredibly catchy chorus and they've always Being kept that daring. all the way through yeah. even at their what some would call their lowest ebb you know even even during like Corn 3 which I quite like in a lot of yeah, them but, fucking, you know, oh, but I love that yeah but like songs like Oildale or Are You Ready to Live or like those all have if, great in, choruses in still Corn 3 their statements like, yeah. like playing in a crop circle yeah. live streaming it oh that's like my Pompeii for, for um, Pink Floyd yeah yeah. I uh, think Corn are the quintessential band that people love to hate or are they they love to write them off when there's nothing in the music that warrants them being written off but that's just me because I love them anyway that brings us to um, The Nothing uh, which comes hot on the heels of 2016's Serenity of Suffering which listening back I still really 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 like but I would say of the last four or five it's maybe or three or four it's maybe my least favorite I think the paradigm shift stuck with me the most out of yes those. I think the paradigm shift on a song for song consistency basis is the strongest one for a long because it was, time it was truly them back after the dubstep yes. um, paradigm shift <laughs> yeah after after Path of Totality which has some ama- which has you know a, a easily a top five favourite corn song in Narcissistic Cannibal yeah and, a, and an overall quality that or, I think or is way too far way too far oh. so Ooh. good man that chorus is amazing <laughs> Um, but I think I think Serenity of Suffering uh, is I think the standard edition is a good Korn album I, th- I think I think with the bonus tracks um, it rises up to a very good yes, Korn album yes I agree uh-huh. yeah the bonus tracks are absolutely excellent this doesn't have a bonus does it no that's this weird is, but, it do, but as we'll discuss it yeah. doesn't need it no 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 um, all Korn albums have had something extended so that's an interesting point it may you know they may be holding out for like a tour edition or one of those type of things Maybe. but uh what i will say is that i think the quality and the consistency on this album is so high that um you don't need a, a sort of a hail mary bonus track to come in and save the day mm. uh it starts strong and it stays strong with very few dips yeah i think this is top flight corn it's it's frighteningly good yep and by frighteningly good i mean um I didn't have a good time listening to this. And that may sound critical. It yeah. ain't. Right. It it's just you you like no other album I've heard since um I guess early corn. Oh right, okay. <laughs> or, or, or or like 
I guess or like unti- Amanda Palmer, unti- maybe unti- that type untitled, of thing, like that real, unti- yeah, or at least visceral corn untitled, even corn untitled, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're talking about corn's visceral, honesty. sorry, sorry, corn, of course. Yeah, yeah, um, keep it on corn because they've, they've definitely had their time to do this album. Yeah, um, I, I, I got, I mean, Davis has had his time to yeah. really give the vocals what he had, what he got because they've always kind of been on the tour cycle, mm. and this time they've had an extra year, and Davis brought out, um. His solo record, which, which is, is like, excellent, by that, the way. That, that, he did that 10 years ago and got to bring it out. So that was cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of working working on it bit by bit. Chipping away at it for yeah, that yeah. long, huh? Yeah. Mm, okay. I decided to read it. I listened it. back to that during the week. It's really good. It's nice. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of where he came from in a way. That's, yeah. his, that's his journey. And lyrically, mm. again, the, the, the main story with this album seems to be and uh, this feeds into a thing that I've been thinking which is recently. why I'm like, saying it, it, yeah. was, it was tough to listen to yeah right because uh, Jonathan's wife passed away uh, you know way too young and, and it's, it's a tragedy what happened um, and obviously that has influenced the lyrics of this album it's, it's, it's very obvious listening to it um, and that is that is the story that's the, that's the story yeah. but I think another story that maybe isn't being told to the same extent is just to what extent the rest of the band are on flying form in this album because, you know, lyrically, Jonathan Davis has always, I think, been able to to deliver the good punch. Now, clearly this is coming from a particularly anguished place, but it's not like the lyrics are sunshine and rainbows on any other corn release you want to mention. It's sometimes, for me... um, I I don't know where the anguish is coming from. Mm. Like those genuine breakdowns uh, of emotion yeah uh, mid song or start start of the album even mm, oh well yeah um i usually am like i don't know is this put on somewhat never but this, i never thought this that, time around, sure no i mean you could easily you think could that. you could yeah, yeah. Um, but this time around it you know yeah you know and it and it's genuinely without a doubt that tough well yeah because i mean because it's very public you know there's a very public context to this album what i would say is that i i really never felt except for maybe some moments where he tried to sort of become this sort of gangster type character on uh see on the other side where it really didn't come off i've always felt that john's lyrics may be slightly clumsy at points but they always felt really really heartfelt to me um, and it didn't matter to me it doesn't matter who he was singing about or what he was singing about because I really did feel like it came from a place of genuine pain as long that. as he's sitting his, singing his heart out I'm yeah. fucking fine but here at least the world has a pretty obvious context to put the lyrics into and for that reason they're sort of going well this feels like their most authentic album blah blah, yeah. blah. and I would say well I wouldn't necessarily cast doubt on the authenticity of their previous work at the same time I totally agree yeah this album is is absolutely packed to the gills with emotion. Yeah, and it's it's uh, palpable how how uncomfortable you may feel at many points during this, and how unexpected yeah. some parts may hit you. Yeah. Um, all while keeping the really interesting and melodic choruses that have kind of come around since um, Path of Totality. Maybe. Yes. That kind of almost almost radio ready in a way. Yeah. Um, but just more honed in and brutally. Um, emotional yeah absolutely and there's there's a real nice mix of those like slightly 80s gothy type uh, vibes on songs like uh, Can You Hear Me is kind of his like his this album's trash or love song or something but um, yeah but then there's this proper really really hard hitting 
songs that are as heavy as anything that they've ever done. If Cold not more has so cold, definitely. The most brutal, crunching growls I've heard him sing. Yeah. Oh my god. The death yeah, the John Death Growl has been Have you seen the video to that? No, not yet. It's so good. It yeah. reminds me of um Dumbo. Oh cool. It's got that kind of bendy arm animated style. It's oh crazy. It. It, it's my jam. Yeah. I think yeah, Cold and, and You'll Never Find Me, which I think were the first two singles, are just like pummeling, crushing songs. And and then you get something like uh Darkness is Revealing with that beautiful chorus like what is this that feeling mm. like so catchy yeah which translate which sort of tra- um uh translates right into a a very old school throwback like <laughs> take a look around got the motor talk about bobby at the hat i didn't know but like yeah. you know it goes right Fran- into frantic style frantic almost like john scott type and he and he does throwbacks to like there's a moment in um uh there's a moment in Harder, you know, where it's like, it's like scratches yeah. and break beats and he's kind of really throwing back to that early 90s sound. Um, I, you know, I, cool. I really, I pre, I kind of appreciate those nods to the past when at the same time, this is very much a Nick Raskulinets like modern Korn production job. It sounds absolutely massive, yeah. as good as Korn have ever sounded. So those... Is that a point of contention though? I, 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 like, not for me. Not, not for, no, not for me, but... I wonder, does does that purists are always like? I wish this was kind of rugged and kind of early. I wish they just took a step back from the pure, yeah, master. Well, they did that on Corn Three, and people kind of didn't really like it. I mean, that was that was the album where it went where it went back to that kind of clicky, yeah. slightly thinner sounding Corn that you got on the first two albums. I mean, and for me, it's just them honing it in. Yeah, I love that, and. It, still raw but in a different way yeah yeah absolutely um it's it's excellent and they take from the riffing style of lots of different albums i think as well you know you've got like um there's even the interludes that you that that they haven't kind of poked their heads in and into the mix since like see on the other side and you have two interludes on this album, yeah. which one I one has yeah. uh, the bagpipes as well. Oh, whoops! That's all there right. Goes your switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like three, should I say? If, if you count, if you count the intro, yeah. There's, there's there's kind of three uh, breathers on this album, and then you know there's there's enough that they, they they sort of liberally take from the different styles of their albums, particularly I would say issues, uh, untouchables, and take a look in the mirror, and then the more recent stuff like paradigm shifts. I think mm-hmm. would be the three prevailing core and eras that you hear on this album and yeah it's it all works really really well and it's it makes her listen that that flies flies by i yeah, think for me um it's really does excellent um i love i find it, it it took me a while to get actually really enjoy this album yeah um for for one that it it's so um odd mm. in its in its riffing as well at points like they've really taken it to a different yeah different level i like i haven't heard choruses like this before i haven't heard guitars i haven't heard chord progressions like this like <laughs> yeah. it, it was very odd for me to get my mind around at first mm. I, first i didn't totally like it okay at parts i think harder um right. harder uh can you hear me stuff like that i was like this is weird this is very weird but i know yeah. i'll grow to love it I yeah they're all very bizarre earworms as well they are there's so many moments gravity of discomfort yeah gravity of discomfort in particular I love the use of uh, Mm. like that kind of 
rhythmic uh there's like he's like a really really like staccato rhythmic singing on the chorus that just is so catchy it's great yeah um they just they just pull out all of the tricks in the bag and a few new ones i think uh there's across the the Mm. 13 tracks or whatever it is and for me it really works there i don't it's weird i I, even though it's so emotionally oppressive or whatever i always think of corn as like like a party band like as a sort of just mm. bang your head good time band and yeah. I know that's kind of yeah that's true weird and to it was think a bit, of it was, but it's, it's a bit more so a fight in this album I would say <laughs> when yeah. it comes to like the claustrophobic feeling is ever present until the very last second yeah oh yeah Um, your hope is gone <laughs> yeah yeah and there's that beautiful like nine inch nails yeah. it's not piano it's like it's some sort of mallet instrument like a xylophone or something mm. but there's a really kind of creepy yeah music box yeah, yeah. style outro in that final yeah. track but yeah again yeah. I- i'm immune to f- a corn just gets me pumped up i fucking love that sound and yeah, i know yeah. i i want well, i understand the emotional context of this album and that i should be feeling sad i just it just i find oh, it no, really I'm addictive s- to listen so to so hype so hype with it yeah absolutely uh, i'm just saying it like it it doesn't end on a positive note. no it does not which it does y- not. you usually think there's kind of like a well, it's just a ride, which to an extent, uh, cold. The the chorus of cold has that message. Yeah, I'm getting on with it. Yeah, but yeah, the end of the album is like, oh shit, <laughs> it's all my fault. This is fucked. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is which is in essence a typical gotta... John theme. Yeah. Um, one thing I've never heard um, them do is there's the middle eight on this loss is pure like diva vocal. I mean, it's it it could be Celine Dion or Whitney Houston or something. He goes proper pop diva oh is this in not harder is it no 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 this last last, sorry yes yeah yeah, it's it's like it's in right in the middle um it's something you you have to hear it it's john's an amazing singer but hearing him right oh i think it works it's just jarring right yeah it's jarring but like jarring is good when it comes to corn never heard him sing like that before but no right 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 Yeah, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying is like that's not being afraid to take risks is to throw a pure like power ballad type middle eight into a song that again like kind of comes back in with like a crushing chorus it's great kind of a weird kind of breakbeat middle eight yeah is that on harder or that's on harder yes that was cool as well that was old school as well yeah yeah it was like atonal not really melody Mm. but it's there's a there's a rhythm to it yeah very kind of primal um Kind of like the way, uh, um, what's it fucking called? Um, are you ready? Oh yeah. Wait, that song ends, which is blind. Kind of, blind, yeah. That just kind of ends with a thing. Oh, that <laughs> kind that, of an that, outro-ish that, that, thing. Yeah, that that just cuts into like some random sort of classic rock for like half a second. Boom, but do do do. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that. It's just yeah. so odd. Oh, boom, doom, doom, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird, kind of a jam. But then, bit. yeah, it's. Yeah. yeah but then, then there's a, like a two two seconds of some like ZZ Top or something yeah, yeah. they're totally honing on, in on stuff they haven't honed in on in a long while yeah in a long while I think it really really works um, I love it I will be going back to it as the year goes on no question yes I'm a total sucker for corn and yeah. I think this is great it takes a lot to really get me hooked on it mm. as every album beforehand in the new era has mm. um, it'll get me yeah. it'll get me soon <laughs> yeah well, time will tell if I prefer this to Paradigm Shift I have a feeling I probably will um, uh, I might be a tough cookie to sell on that but, yeah I know I do I I know I, I, I mean me too but I just something about this I, I, I'm all I, every time I listen to these songs I warm to them more so I, I yes. think this has 
This is a lot of potential to be maybe my favorite corn album since Untitled. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. It's t- early days. Um, so my favorite track is at the moment is probably Darkness is Revealing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mine's um, fuck. Mine's Gravity of Discomfort. Yeah, it's great too. Mixed so with cold good. because cold is oh yeah. It's like the most positive-ish one yet the most foreboding one right 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 <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a nine nine yeah. nine alright great wow so we're, it's pretty high average so far and that's The Nothing by Corn. it's Corn. if you like Corn, you'll like it um, alright last new album of the week comes from a New York based uh, electronic I, I don't know how to describe them actually <laughs> post electronic math rock something uh, from New York Uh, this is Infinity Shred and the album is called Forever A Fast Life Um, this band comes to us courtesy of Horse The Band because uh, back in 2014 I saw them supporting Horse The Band and this was when they were ostensibly really just a synthwave trio Um, it was very subtle guitar with uh, huge amounts of synthesizer and 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 live drums and I was absolutely mesmerized by the performance I listened to their album Sanctuary became completely obsessed with it it's an album that I it's and again Sanctuary is a very peaceful 90% (laughs) 80s synthwave sort of space age electronica album with just the lightest sprinkling of guitar guitar. Um, and then two or three years later they came out with uh, Long Distance which all of a sudden they were blast beats and guitar and I would say it was maybe a 70% that really beautiful peaceful sort of Vangelis like outrun Kavinsky type synthwave that just makes you feel like you've taken off on a spaceship to another planet but then there were these like blasts of guitar and uh, sort of almost black metal drums and I sort of go whoa that's a really interesting combination high compression yeah right exactly and then in the meantime, they tour with Periphery. They tour with Astronoid. <laughs> and they go on tour with... I mean, they, they seem to... And to be fair, like, they started off as touring with Horse the Band. So, yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't like they were shying away from, you know, sort of heavy music. But I would never have thought of them as a... Previously, I would just never have thought of them as a rock band or as a metal band. Whereas on Forever A Fast Life, as we'll maybe discuss, I think they are now a metal band mm. with electronic elements yeah and that's you, a big change you know how much I loved Long Distance like, you I know don't much, know how much you loved Long Distance I fucking love it excellent the me ar- too the, the way the artwork mm. it's like kind of dark and dear, dreary teal lit gas station at night possibly on another planet yeah yeah like that's one of my favourite vibes yeah. from an album oh it's, it's beautiful that artwork yeah uh, do you know um Asif Sikidi, I think, did the artwork for both, and he's a he didn't he didn't return for this album. But this is a very different prospect. This album, yeah. So it makes sense. Were you familiar with uh, Sanctuary, the the first album at all? Sort of. Yeah, I was all right about it. I love it. Okay, I love it. I love them both. I would say I probably love them both equally. Sure, I um, see that. But uh, this album brings in, I believe, um, the new influence of uh, Clara. I want to say Varnar uh, or Warner uh, on the drums. She is an absolute force of nature and she is let loose Who's on this original? album. Um, the original was a guy called George Stroud. Uh, he drummed on, he definitely drummed on the first album and he may have drummed, I think I think they may have got hired drummers for the second album. Um, 
the uh, remaining from the previous lineup is Damon uh, Harjirogo, I think is how you pronounce it. He's keys and programming and uh, Nathan Ritholtz on guitar. Uh, So George Stroud, the drummer, and Damon were together in a chiptune band called Starscream. Highly recommend you check them out. Sure. That almost felt like a trial run for Infinity Shred. Yeah. Um, It's very much in the sort of early cubby vein. High quality, but very like focused on chiptune whereas once Infinity Shred came out it became yeah. and that's not to say it's not expansive no they, they actually came up with an album and it's, it's very expansive it almost sounds like Infinity Shred Zero <laughs> and then Infinity Shred came out and, and like, here we are um, but yeah sorry that's a lot of uh, build up to say that I feel like this album is definitely them taking a bold step in a new direction and at first I was a little surprised I was maybe a little bit tempered in my my feelings towards the album because I, I was I sort of thought of them as a band that I listened to in my downtime, a band that kind of helped me relax and float away into space. And Same. Yeah, and 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 now it, this even though this has plenty of elements of that and plenty of downtime, I have to actively yeah. boogie on down to go with this. Yeah, album. You have to be in the mood, for maybe more like the mood to listen to a band like Asteroid, Asteroid for example, yeah. where Such it's point. it's quite full on. There's a lot. There's a, like a lot of guitar on this album now. Some intense emotions. Yes, in, it's essentially a ten, intense emotion as yeah. a whole, like a, like a singular. Yeah. And do you want to know something fun? Uh, so they're now on Three Dot Records, Peripheries. Uh, Periphery's record label. Do you want to know how that uh, connection happened? Jake Bowen was having a shower, (laughs) listening to his Spotify Discover playlist. He heard Motive or one of the songs off Long Distance and then he like hopped out of the shower, put a towel on, checked the phone and said, fuck Infinity Shred. I needed needed, like find out more about these guys and that was how they got funny. signed. I, I've seen Jake Bowen's Spotify playlist of his favorite techno stuff, and I saw. Yeah, that's how. Well, that's right how on. he discovered them through so through funny. Spotify. So, so this album exists because Jake Bowen took a shower, um, and we talked about his uh, solo album a couple sure. weeks ago, and we liked it. A shower lot. thoughts will get a band a long way. Yes, they will. Um, and I don't think it's maybe. I don't think it's a coincidence that this album is definitely leans more into the guitar side of things now that they're. They're on. They're on a metal label. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I always thought it was like a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek, almost sort of ironic joke that their name was Infinity Shred because that sounds like such a metal band name. They but, never quite had the shred. But now they have yeah. the shred. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'm totally on board now. It yeah, took. It yeah. took. It took. It took more listens than I was expecting. Sameish. But once it clicked for me, okay. it really clicked. Yeah. Um. It's still a work in progress for okay. me, but I have a lot of good to say about it. Yeah. How many listens deep are you just out of interest? Uh, four to five. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm at like eight to nine at this oh, point. Wow. And okay. it like, it's magic eye puzzle stuff. I absolutely mm. adore this because you still get plenty of that real amazing fat 80s synth goodness on this album. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost in a disaster piece themed metal band now yeah than i was ever before right right um i don't even know what the last album i compare it to um but it wasn't that <laughs> it was more kind of a nighttime experience a night drive electronic album with occasional metal vibes yeah this is out in a day this is well that's perfectly summed up by the album artwork i mean it's like you yes. know it's somebody like kind of you know traversing over a hill or something like it's very much into the light like this oh, is yeah, like a, 
a bright daytime album. They released some very exceptionally cool uh, behind the scenes artwork. Oh, really? Of how of, like how complicated this this lone post apocalyptic traveler is. Like yeah. like everything on her bag is specific oh. to her survival. Amazing. Um, okay. Or whatever she's doing. Um, and I just want to know more about that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think you know some highlights. And um, they, they they actually employed an orchestra to to fill in the blanks, especially things like the very start of the album. There's a gorgeous sort of string quartet sound that that eases you into the sound yeah. on brutal luxury. That eases you into the sound that you can expect from the album for the first half. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Um, the I think Crane Maker is a really really great showcase um, because it there's there's that moment you know the. Bah, because then what you get is you get the huge that's probably the the most sort of on the nose big guitar metal moment and then all of a sudden it's these like arpeggiated synths sonically like spot on perfect uh infinity like sanctuary infinity shred mixed with the the big guitars i was like that was the moment on crane maker when i kind of said okay this can work yeah no it can this can work it definitely can um of course, like it, it definitely reminds me of like the approach Ghosts are kind of taking with electronics now in their mm. guitar sound, where it's it's striking, um, and it's just that unexpected blend that I quite like. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm I'm still a little a little uh, a little amiss with the uh, with with blast beats as a whole. In, oh, okay. In my, in my sonic yeah library, I'm like okay, <laughs> like like the the energy for me. Um, it diminishes somewhat when I hear a blast beat. Really? Okay. I'm like, okay, it's fast, but it's not fast at all. It kind of ne- <laughs> negates yeah, yeah. It negates the purpose. Right. Um, so it's, it's it's an anomaly for me to really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but I like the stuff around it that they've pulled in. Just those elements. I'm still working No, on. I totally hear you. Right. And I, th- I think those, the, those were the last ones for me to click. Um, because I think you have to be... And they're the longest songs. You have to really justify. Well, the songs are long. And the same week that we're talking about Tool, like, again, this is another band that really... Actually, it's really... The, the structure of this album is not unlike the Tool album in terms of it, it eases you in with interludes between each track and then each main track is sort of an opus. Like, it has... It takes its time to build. It builds to a huge kind of triumphant or crescendo-type uh section mm. and then it will spill out into a transition to the next interlude track and that's kind of the way it works and i think it works really really well actually in terms of like spacing the album out and again for me it feels really really short now yeah it's true it, it does it passes by pretty yeah. fast i think it does um and i you know and, and there's moments i think that remind me of like deaf heaven there's moments that remind me of the stranger things soundtrack yes yeah, sna- um yeah. kind of synthy stuff. yeah uh, there's, there you know it's, and and it creates an atmosphere which is what made the first two albums so wonderful. Yeah, it's more it's more um. A a a, a more um, uh, obtusely kind of um, uh, kind of bleak or not bleak um uh, melancholic. Mm, yes, that's probably it's like true. a constant flow of that feeling. Mm. I think, I I I got a little a little sick of it, just a tad. Mm. Um. Because I, I like when bands can take from different elements of the sound. Right. I think I, I kept feeling that emotion all the way through this. And I'm not sure if that's something to do with the, the way the lead guitar plays off everything. 
Possibly. Synth. Um, but it was just, it was in my head the whole time. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, I, I wished for a breather <laughs> in a way. Um, kind of like, I guess what I like from the, the album preceding this was that there, there were breathers. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, the lead, the guitar wasn't as present. So the overbearing emotion that the lead guitar gives because it's so prominent in this. Yeah. Um, it's kind of well, like I think, yeah. I think on long distance it was they, they 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 I read read a couple of interviews and they kind of said that they felt like that album was really disjointed and they spent like you know we'll huh. say thirty percent of the time recording it and seventy percent of the time working on transitions to make it flow. But I think that was time well spent. And often yeah, I, ba- bands are like the worst people to criticize their own work because I absolutely love long distance. I think part of what makes it so great is that every song yeah. has a different feeling. Like it's there isn't necessarily like a, a, a theme that runs throughout, but you know one song will be massively abrasive. There's that song that's like mostly white noise, that kind of yeah, yeah, and then the next song is some beautiful, like sort of wistful electronic odyssey, yeah. and then you know that that's that's the way that album works. But I what and that was what took me a while to get used to on this was no there is it's pretty a much a vibe and a feeling and an atmosphere that runs from track one until the final track and it's like but once you get on board with that or like or if you if you do end up getting on board with that it's a really intense yeah. and satisfying listen yeah a little fatigued of course not to discredit yes. it I love to pick and choose from this album yeah quite a bit in the first half I very much love yeah fully excellent <laughs> yeah. okay uh, and what is your so your presume your favourite track is, is something on the first half then yeah yeah it's probably Oh jeez, um, probably near to like, uh, where, 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 maybe maybe fractured focused. Yeah, harsh language that combo. Mm, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll take. I just think, I think Crane Maker is at the moment anyway. It's it's the most distinctive yeah. to me, and I think it bridges that gap really really well between old Infinity Shred and new Infinity Shred. But oh, it's know, cool. It sounds yeah. like a band. It sounds yes. like a real full band now. I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's just great to see again they're just a band that I was almost like I was pleasantly surprised that they even had a CD to sell at that gig they really felt like a new entity and and maybe god forbid a band that might fall apart after yeah. a couple of years the fact that here we are not only did we get a follow-up but we've got a follow-up to the follow-up i'm super happy that infinity shreds still exists and i'm more than happy to support this i'll be getting the vinyl yeah. i really 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 like it and i think it shows a lot of growth so um it's it's a nine for me dog it's a seven for me dog. i had a feeling yeah but that's okay yeah that's okay i mean this i brought this in and i because i have such a soft spot for infinity shred and i love same this. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, I would definitely. I mean, if you have a propensity for things like Asteroid or Deaf Heaven or Alcest, and you want you and you want to somehow mix that with your '80s synthwave nostalgia space electronics, this is the band. They're just excellent at doing that thing. They're so good. Uh, okay, cool. So that's everything. That's it. That's it for new releases. Um, we, you know, we gave everything its due and its time because it deserved it. And there were three big releases. So now we're going to talk about uh, another album with a great deal of influence, I think. El Oso by Soul Coughing from New York City. And this album hails from the year 1998. And it was the third and final album by... Soul Coughing, who described themselves as deep slacker jazz. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, nailed very. It. You know, I think they nailed it. I mean, variously described as you know, alternative rock, alternative hip hop, um, trip hop, kind of that, odd, like yeah, that 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 era of just Tom Waits weird, David yeah. Sylvian nineties weird, just yeah. That kind of the band, the, the yeah, sense. the bands that came to mind when I was sort of listening back to this is like Beck, Presence, in the United States of America, Pixies, Primus, maybe a little bit of Fun Loving Criminals, a little bit of Ween, yeah, maybe like Weezer at their most sort of jaunty, not like huh. not like rock jaunty, yeah, but like you know yeah. when they go kind of weird and and, and obtuse. I do. Basically, this <laughs> is beat poetry set to. Uh, feel good barbecue uh, like yeah feel good barbecue (laughs) no no i mean i mean like you're just there with like your pots and pan drum kit with yeah whatever instrument somebody brings kind of sounds a bit like that this is like smash mouth by all star but like on an acid trip with a beret yeah i yeah thinking it's a think piece yeah (laughs) it's so it's uh, yeah so and it comes and this album because it was their last album i often think these these legacy bands their last album is often their best like sunny day real estate for me anyway the rising tide is their best i think uh like jawbox for me it's all about um the the self-titled and there's another one like is it boys boys against girls is that what that band's called or girls against boys oh, or? I don't know. anyway their last album is also their best i just think there was something in the air for those bands that formed in 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 like the kind of early 90s there was something in the air by the time the turn of the century was coming up fast that just made them expand out their musical palette and kind of create this work that would stand the test of time and i think that's el also does um and for this album just to finish off the sort of context they went from having kind of a regular producer that produced their first two albums both of which are good but they kind of they fall into a similar mold all the way along. It's, it is that very much like beat poetry, alternative rock, jazz, mm-hmm. pretty much straight ahead. Um, and that, that that guy's called Chad Blake. But uh, they also brought in uh, Pat Dillette, who, who's worked with like hip hop artists and he worked with They Might Be Giants and he's yeah. worked with other people. And then they also brought in a drum and bass uh, DJ called Optical. Um, and he, I think those two extra influences give this album the eclectic, and often quite dark sound that it has that makes it just that bit more interesting than the other bands that we've been comparing it to. So, I've said my spiel. Um, A, how familiar were you with Soul Coughing? And B, how do you feel about El Oso? I think I knew a a few things from Ruby Vroom. Maybe like our Super Bon Bon or... Yes. They have, yeah, there's a few... Sugar Free Jazz. Bust to Beelzebub is also a pretty popular song from that era. Yeah. I've heard them somewhere. I don't know quite where, but I've... Fucking heard them. <laughs> yeah. And well, it, once you hear Mike Doty's voice, it's hard to yeah. forget it because he's got such a distinctive kind yeah. of drawl. And at the start of this, because this, this one's kind of the newer one for me. Yeah. Um, you may think, is that Jonathan Davis? You may think it's something like that. Like, oh. ba- ba- or Rolling kind of had that. Yeah. I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling. Yeah, it kind of had that feel. You know, I never thought about it that way, but he does have that that sort of Johnny Davis quirkiness to it. The Jonathan Davis singing word up kind of style. Yeah. (laughs) Cameo. Right. I guess guess it all comes back to cameo. And and, and as well, in that sort of that word salad uh, approach 
that he has you know that John does sometimes fit into like where he'll he'll fit like a ton of words into a really small space like Mike Doty does that on this album too Mm. um yeah, you know, like that, yeah. you know, New York, I won't go back. Then yeah. I was under the seat on a lack. I gave you seven years. Like, there's a lot of white boy rapping type stuff that goes on in this album. Yeah. Um, for sure. The very interesting instrumental section to the whole thing. Yes. Like, very weird. And it's, 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 like I said, what I love from Tom Waits, kind of DIY sound. Mm. Um, it's kind of, kind of a loungy, relaxed thing mm. that occasionally has these really awesome choruses that, I don't know, or just kind of Beatles-esque, like, melodic and sing-along. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. I love it. And then it goes straight back to the kind of the feel-good, sauntery kind of vibe. Absolutely. It's a good time, this album. And very interesting. And not just, not totally that. It's it kind of dark at points as well. But Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It, it, I, think it, I think it strikes that balance really well. Because I think, I think a lot of the tracks that were produced by o- Optical have a very dark sinister threatening feel to them like Roland is one or uh saint louise is listening. listening yeah that's the first one that- yeah absolutely or monster man you know they like they really do feel like someone's gonna creep up on you in the back of an alley but then you get something like circles which as i say it's circles is this good time you know pop sort of uh jo- really jaunty 90s pop song that wouldn't feel out of place at a you know music festival and that was a big hit for them too but, you know, the fact that the both things can exist. And like you said, there's a loungy vibe because Sebastian um, Steinberg, he plays a lot of double bass, upright yeah. bass on this album. He really rocks with the drums. Mm. Yeah. And the drums, and again, they're the kind of drums that sound like they should be samples because they're, exactly. there's a real, like, that kind of James Brown breakbeat type sound to a lot of them. There's a, obviously, they employ a lot of drum and bass type, that... Yeah. Just absolutely 90s yes and uh, Yuval Gabay does a stunning job I think on the drums here the production is awesome it's it's not it's not your typical yeah. drum production they make it sound like almost like samples I think a lot of times um, and speaking of samples Mark Deliantoni who's the, uh, the the keyboard player and so, I mean he does some very strange things with sounds oh yeah it's hard to hard to picture where they've come from like you know the i i i still have no idea what that sound is i just love it you know in houston that i i my best guess is like really 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 sped up organ but i have no idea yeah um another fun sample on this album is uh you know that in the song three hundred dollars says how much she said Three hundred dollars, I'll do it. I love that. Do you know where that comes from? Um, Dolomite. I don't know. No, no, no. It's 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 so it's so weird. It comes from a Chris Rock special, where he says, "I came up with this joke, and it's my favorite joke." Uh-huh. And then he plays a piece of backwards audio that the audience can't understand. Yeah. And what the, what um, what Deli Antoni did was he he reversed the audio so that it it was forwards again and yeah. slowed it down. So the joke, it's not even a particularly good joke. It's The joke is like Chris Rock says, I was walking down the street and I saw a prostitute and I said, how much? And she said, $300, I'll do anything you want. And I said, bitch, pay my house. That's the joke. And he just took out the bit where it's, how much? She said, for $300, I'll do it. Put that as the chorus to a song about drug addiction. <laughs> That's oh, like... It's genius. It's really. just soul coughing. It's it's like stream of consciousness poetry most most of the time. Yeah. Truly odd 
lyrical concepts. I, st- I have still yet to do that, but we will. We will yeah. at some point. Um, uh, yeah, it's fun. Some of the, I mean, some right. of the lyrics in this album I absolutely adore because they make they yep. make almost no sense, but you they make it just enough sense to for you to get a feeling from them. Right? Circles, for example, is yeah. kind of weird and yeah. <laughs> very casual about its yeah. meaning. Um, you know, so far I have not found the science. Yeah. Must be one of the weirdest earworms. Like I'll, I'll often just walk around and be thinking oh, yeah. like, so far I have not found the science. Or, you know, I was once misinformed about your intentions. Yeah. Like <laughs> fucking, weird hooks. Fucking, the 90s had a lot of that. Yeah. Stuff that should, should just be bad because it makes no sense. Mm. But it isn't. It's great. It's great. Like, like fucking Return to Innocence. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> yeah. Like the weird chanting. Like it's just bizarre, but everybody hooked on it. Yeah. Because it was n- like nothing before. Yeah. Mm. Like I can't tell you the it, how often like lines will just pop into my brain. There's a line in Miss the Girl who just says, Shannon like a new mint quarter. And that just that one line. It cracks me up. It, right. Yeah, it it, 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 it burrows its way into your brain. It's funny. Um some excellent, yeah, like excellent uh, effect work on the bass that yeah. just gives everything this lovely rumble. Yeah, I wish I was a stoner for this kind of album. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I was absolutely the zenith of that yeah. functioning stoner in the 90s to this. <laughs> absolutely. The only occasion, I'd wish, but yeah. And, 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 and trust me, they were, they, they were like deep on into drugs yeah. on this album like just look at that album cover it, yeah it looks like i don't know the a, logo for a vaping store it's or a terrifying monkey bear um but yeah i think M- M- mike doty has previously sort of said yeah he's like I'm the radiohead bear actually a little bit uh from which uh one of the early ones uh keep talking i'll sorry uh vamp <laughs> right well no he well he's yeah. i mean i just it just he's he said you know Oh man, drugs! Like I loved drugs. Like let me tell you, loved them. Had to give them up. Loved them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I recognize. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I recognize the bear from yeah, the Radiohead bear. I do from Kid A's video. Kid A, that's right. That's right. Excited bears. Um, but I like bringing this mm-hmm. type of album to the show because I do feel like it's the kind of music that just doesn't get made anymore. It was well needed. Mm. Um, as a in a, in a time to decompress from the summer blues is a is this <laughs> is yeah. per- perfectly content right. feeling of an album and that's what you probably get from, you probably take from this I think so and I just it's one of those albums that's perfect to put on it's, just, you do, it's impossible not to feel like a badass walking around with St. Louise's listing you know you're like you don't use words like that you're sort of, <laughs> St. Louise is listening it's it's, yeah. it's it's the perfect walking around driving around just like everything it's Everything's yeah. fucked, but it's okay. Yeah, it's like album. You're sauntering through a, I don't know, a black exploitation film, a la Dolomite, but but you're white. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 white people have never been as cool as they are on this album. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's it's a real little gem, and I don't see it mentioned. It's not even really the the album that's in the conversation when people talk about um, soul coughing. It's usually Irresistible Bliss, the album before this. And I just think this is better, and there's yes. more going on, and it it appeals to me more. I agree. What's your favorite song, man? Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to pick a favorite song from this album. What's so today's favorite song? Today's favorite song is. Uh, 
Saint uh, Louise is listening. Oh, is that yours? That. It's the best one. It is. No, I'll take I'm rolling then. I'll take I'm rolling because it's got such an odd chorus. It's yeah, sing along. No, I'll take I'll take rolling. I fucking love that song too. Nice. So, um, yeah. So that was your look back at a very eclectic album. I think from uh, from the late nineties that you should check out. El Oso by Soul Coughing. Um, I don't know if I've done it justice, but we've we've we 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 talked a lot about Tool, and that's enough to burn up anybody's brain cells. Yes. So um, you know, suffice it to say that you should listen to it and not take our word for it. But it's it's really good, and it's on Spotify. Um, but thank you so much for joining us for our Thanks. back to school episode. I guess you could call it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cute, cute, cute Deftones. <laughs> oh. Now back in school. We are the leaders. Um, we are the leaders, but now you must leave us. Yeah. Uh, do follow us on Spotify. Everything uh, is searchable under Kill Shuffle. I think we're the only Kill Shuffle uh, related thing on earth. Wow. So you'll find us there on Twitter. You'll find what us a on lucky Facebook. break. No, lucky us. You'll find our Spotify playlist as well as our show, which you can subscribe to on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And um, do write us in if you want us to cover something or if you have a thought or a question. But uh, any final words, Dylan? Tune in next week for Dylan's final words. I was drawn some time. I think I'm very well together. But thank you for joining us, and we will see you when we see you.